Hello, this is Yaro Starak, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Kim Sorgis. Hi there, thanks for downloading today's episode of the EJ Podcast. I'm about to press play on the interview with Kim, but first I want to make sure you're not missing out on my latest interviews and you get them sent direct to your email inbox as soon as they are published. To make sure that happens, go to interviewsclub.com, which will redirect to my blog post where you'll find a sign-up form where you can enter your email and you'll be subscribed to the EJ podcast email list. I'll then send you the latest podcast interviews as soon as I publish them. And you'll also receive a very special hand-selected series of my very best podcasts from my archives. These are the ones I believe you really need to have. So you'll get an ongoing stream of those as well as my latest new podcasts. You can subscribe by going to interviewsclub.com. Now here's today's interview with Kim. Hi there, this is Yarrow and welcome to an interview for the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today I have, I think, a very inspiring story for anyone who's a single parent in particular who'd like to get going with something online. In particular, we're going to look at uh, a blog and a blog that's been used to make an income as much as $30,000 a month selling, well, this is what I like about it, selling uh, ebooks and uh, digital products, information products, which is my favorite combination of blogging and selling information products. And my guest today, Kim Sorgis, Gorgeous, Sorgis, I've been told Sorgis rhymes with gorgeous, so I have to get the last name right, has come on board to talk about her her parenting blog. And I actually heard about Kim through uh, Leslie Samuel from, uh, well, Learning with Leslie podcast and Become a Blogger, which is where I used to connect with Leslie. Leslie has been a long-term friend and, and used to take uh, my Become a Blogger program before he took over it as the leader. And I know Kim, my guest today, has uh, worked with Leslie. I think they have a coaching relationship, so it's the little Spiderweb is growing here of all these bloggers helping each other. So first of all, Kim, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I love this story because, A, you're a single mom. You've got four kids, which is, I, as far as I'm concerned, that's four full-time jobs. So the fact that you can put a, a blog business into that in your life and make it work is something we have to figure out how you did that. And uh, I love that you're also selling digital products from your blog. And, uh, you know, that's something I wholeheartedly believe in. So I'd love to learn about how you got this blog started. It's about parenting. Um, it's definitely, there's a, um, a Bible focus to it. Is that sort of your kind of positioning, your specialty? Would, would that be correct? That would be correct. Pretty much just um, aiming to help families um, live victorious lives. Okay. And it's called notconsumed.com for people who want to check out Kim's blog while you're listening in to us. So um, before we look at the blog, though, Kim, I just love hearing the background story of what people did before they were a blogger or before they were an online entrepreneur. So um, where were you uh, raised? What was your, what's your hometown? Well, I was actually raised in Tampa, Florida. Um, actually didn't move from there until I was 32 years old. So pretty much a homegrown Floridian. Okay. Did you like have a, you know, go to school, then go to university and, and follow that sort of traditional path? I did. I wanted to be a pediatrician when I grew up. <laughs> um, it, it didn't happen, but and so I went to um, a traditional um, 
uh, college, Florida Southern College, actually, and um, kind of went on that path. And about halfway through, I changed my mind and decided I wanted to become a teacher instead. And that was primarily because I wanted to be a mom. And I thought, I don't know how to make this doctor thing work with mom. So I'm going to be a mom. So I went and finished my education um, major and then went on and got a master's from University of South um, South Florida. Uh, a master's in teaching? Yes, education. Okay. Mm-hmm. And does that kind of automatically qualify you for a job as a teacher? Like you just get slotted in a school somewhere? Well, <laughs> you do have to take some tests and stuff like that. And of course, you know, but... Um, pretty much you, you're eligible for certification in the state that you get your, um, teaching degree in. Right. So is that what happened to you? I did. I started teaching. Um, I taught almost 10 years in the public school system and mostly younger elementary kindergarten through second grade. And then one day I got married and had a baby and started staying home. So then I became a single, I mean, a stay at home mom at that point. Um, and then I wasn't doing anything except for mom. Right. So you've had kids around you pretty much your entire adult life. Definitely. Yeah. You, know, you certainly know your target market then, don't you, <laughs> in that regards? <laughs> I joked with Leslie, I know my target market because I am my target market. Oh, right, so right. <laughs> it makes it perfect. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess that's, you were a kid at some point too. So, but yeah, having 10 years, were you teaching younger kids when you were a teacher? Yes. Okay. So you've pretty much just... Yeah, spending your entire life dealing with the little kids and figuring out how to discipline them and educate them and, and support them and so on. So that, that lends itself very well to your, the subject of your blog. Uh, I bet, though, while you were a teacher, you probably didn't see yourself becoming a blogger about this subject at some point in the future. Oh, no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't have very much technology experience at all. In fact, before I started my blog, I could check my email, and I did that about once a week. <laughs> and that was it. Facebook uh, was like some weird thing people did, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. So is it safe to say, then, there were no other business projects you had before what you did with your blog or any kind of you know online or offline businesses? Because you've been with either a teacher or a a mom pretty much the entire time. Is that right? That's right. I did nothing. I was not interested. In fact, I didn't think I had any business, any business being in business. Like it just was not something I thought I was skilled to do at all. Okay. Well, let's, let's fast forward then. Normally I'd sort of stop and we'd look at your, whatever your, your experience selling, I don't know, jewelry or door to door, um, you know, maybe, uh, what do you call it? Um, I haven't used one in so long, vacuum cleaners, <laughs> door-to-door vacuum cleaners, salesperson or <laughs> whatever it is. But no, there was no, I love this because, you know, you obviously had almost no expectation to succeed in this area, having never done it before. So it must have been completely random on some level for you. So can you explain how a once-a-week emailer gets more involved with the internet? Well, I, the only thing that I did do was when I did go in and check my once-a-week email kind of thing, I would read blogs every now and then. There were a couple of really good, um, just helpful blogs about homeschooling and parenting. Um, this was, you, you know, do you want to give them a shout like, out, or do you remember? <laughs> well, it was like um, Smockety Frocks was one of the first ones I ever read, and Raising Arrows was another one. Um, <clears throat> and they were just, and they're still around. Actually, you know both of them now, which was so fun. You know, when I first started blogging, because I, you know, thought, wow like stars. <laughs> you know, 
hours. <laughs> <laughs> and now when people do that to me, I'm like, okay, that's just weird. I'm just a person. Yeah, yeah. Shit, shit. <laughs> Karma, payback. <laughs> but um, so I would read those blogs. So I, I knew a little bit about blogging. And then one day somebody said to me, you know, I had um, after just after I conceived my fourth child, my husband decided that family thing wasn't for him anymore. And so then I was in trouble, you know, and I needed income and I didn't need it like right away, but I was going to need it pretty fast. And so I started thinking, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And someone said, well, you should start a blog. And I was mm. like, oh, what? <laughs> I mean, really? I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I, I just can read them. <laughs> that's it. And so that's kind of how it was born. Was there a... Because, uh, I mean, I know from blogging, there's no guarantee it's going to make money, certainly not necessarily quickly. And you've got four kids or three in a uh, one in the oven, so to speak. So that that's pretty daunting. I, was there like a, a plan B with, with this or were you, you know, maybe thinking, I would say, did you have a part-time job or a casual job? But if you're pregnant, even that starts to get more difficult. So well, you must have been a pretty um, delicate time. Let me use that word. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a very trusting time because I had to just go with it. Um, I I didn't, I mean, like I mentioned, I didn't really need a job at the time. I mean, I was living in a house that was paid for and, you know, none of the divorce stuff had gone through, you know, that kind of stuff. And so there were still some some curtails that I was kind of riding on at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and also I knew there was no way I could go back to work at this moment <laughs> because I was pregnant which honestly was a good thing because if that hadn't have been the situation, then I probably would have gone with what probably was the plan B in the back of my head, which was I'll go back and get recertified. I had let my certification go for teaching um, and I was living in another state. So I was going to have to, you know, jump through some hoops, but eventually I would have been able to go back to teaching. And so that kind of would have been let, you know, that was a far, far reached, but that would have been my, what I can do, <laughs> right? Um, if this doesn't work out, kind of thing. Yeah, that's really interesting. So your fourth child gave you that sort of no other option scenario that forced you to put the energy into this blog, and and I'm guessing see it as a potential income stream. Combined with seeing those other bloggers, were they talking about the, the making money from their blogs at that time? Oh no, oh no! And honestly, I doubt either one of the two people I mentioned were making anything back then. Right. They do now, but I don't think they did then. So why did you think, or did you even think that blogging could make you money? And I should ask you, what year was this, just so we can get clear on how how developed blogging was at the time? Yeah, that'll make you laugh. (laughs) Six (laughs) months ago, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, one never. (laughs) It was 2012. It was January of 2012. Um, So, you know, there were definitely people out there that knew you could make money blogging, I think, at that point. But there weren't nearly as many as there are now. And so I, I mean, it really was just, it was my sister-in-law who said it and she just said, I have this friend and she puts up these ad things and, and she makes a couple hundred dollars a month. Okay. That's what I needed to make was a couple hundred dollars a month between child support and everything else. That's what I needed to survive barely. (laughs) And so that's what I was hoping for. I thought I'm going to write something good that somebody will read hopefully and put up an ad and a few people will click. And I'll have a couple hundred bucks, you know, um, which is kind of funny because, you know, um, right away I lost AdSense. Like I, somebody probably from my family (laughs) 
clicked too much (laughs) and they thought, oh, this girl's not real. And I got kicked out like right away. Literally, I I think I didn't even get the first month payment. Yeah, okay, that's pretty daunting. But before you jump to that point, I just want to clarify technical setup here because for someone who only did email once a week, I can only imagine buying a domain name, setting up, I'm assuming, WordPress to run the blog, getting a design done. How did you manage all that uh, as, your, as a single mom with no technical background? <laughs> um, a lot of hours. <laughs> Okay. I, I did it all myself. Wow. Okay. Um, I did it from, yeah, I know it was crazy. I look back now and think, what? I, I can't do anything myself now. <laughs> um, I read, I did blogging with Amy was the website I found. And I really honestly can't even remember how I found it, but that's um, the website I found. And I still love her. She has great emails um, that she sends out every week with all kinds of good information. Um, and she had a basic here's how you get started post. And it was step-by-step by the domain, you know, the whole thing. And so that's what I did. <laughs> I wish that, you know, Leslie had been around back then and he, maybe he was, and I didn't find him, but, um, I think he was, Yeah, he probably, <laughs> was. <laughs> I, he probably was, might've been around the time. Oh no, Leslie was earlier. I think, yeah, I think he was out teaching himself then. So, Anyway, uh, so with these sort of tutorials, were you actually teaching yourself HTML and graphic design, or was it just more how to upload WordPress, buy the domain name, configure the basic aspects of the blog with WordPress? Was it that sort of level? Um, It was definitely very gradual. You know, I got the stuff, I set it up, I figured out how to type in posts, you know. Um, My first several... 20, 30 posts probably are horrible. Um, I knew you needed a graphic. I stole them, you know, from people <laughs> because I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that. I thought, well, it's the internet. Everything's free, right? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> you know, um, they're all gone. I, I pulled all those images off just in case. But, um, you know, stuff like that, I didn't really know what I was doing. And then one day I posted, um, I wrote this um, article about, creative consequences for your kids, just different things besides just, you know, here, I'm going to spank you or I'm going to put you in timeout, you know, um, <clears throat> because we're always grasping as parents for more information, you know, something else we can do. So I wrote this post and I loved Pinterest. That was the only thing I was actually on. And I would collect all of my ideas and recipes and stuff there, which is, you know, what it was born for. And I decided that day I'm going to pin this because you know, maybe someone will want to keep it. This is way before anybody was pinning anything for the purpose of marketing. But I just thought maybe somebody would like that information and might want to keep it. And so they would want this pin. And it was just an image. It was a picture of my daughter, which was a lot of what I was doing at that time was just taking pictures of my kids and putting them up there. Because that once I figured out the other thing was illegal, then I knew that my kids were legal because they were mine. So <laughs> you made your kids famous. Started putting them up there. They're all gone now too. <laughs> um, but anyway, I put her up there, and I didn't put any text on it. Nothing. I mean, this was just a terrible picture, and just the whole thing, you know. And it got pinned like a lot. <laughs> and immediately within, I think it was about a week later, um, I had a hundred thousand page views and I was like, Oh my word. <laughs> that was so on that one blog post, one blog post, one picture, a <laughs> hundred thousand 
Pinterest. And I was like, wow. oh my goodness, what happened? But they, like this, like I said, this was before anybody had really thought of doing that on Pinterest. Mm. Or definitely, there probably were people like me who thought, hmm, this would be a good thing to try, you know. Um, but they didn't. It wasn't popular, and you didn't see all these images with words and all this stuff very often. It right. just wasn't really what people were doing at the time. And so that's how it happened. Right. So that was sort of your initial breakthrough traffic source there. Now, since you didn't have AdSense because you got kicked off uh, for no fault of your own, but that happens quite commonly. I think Leslie said during your interview it happened to him as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, so did you have any other potential income stream or a way to capitalize on that 100,000 viewers suddenly? Nope. I made nothing off of that. <laughs> That's that's kind of depressing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad when you think about it now. <laughs> yeah, certainly now. Now that you know about email marketing, I'm sure you're sort of regretting how many potential email subscribers you lost from from that. But hey, I had the same problem. I didn't add an email list to my blog for a year either. So, uh, but so what happened next? So you figure out Pinterest works. Do you think I'm going all in on Pinterest? I did. I then I started figuring out how to use PicMonkey. And I put a little bit of words on pictures because I thought if something says, you know, click here, <laughs> not click here, but, you know, enti- entices them to click here, they're going to be more interested. And so I kind of started going down that path. And then it started picking up, you know, other people were quickly on, on the bandwagon with that. And that's when Pinterest took off. And that in my blog, of course, I never, um, never went under 100,000 page views a month at that point ever after, again. After that. Um, and, and, you know, it was just crazy. <laughs> but, that, and how, uh, how soon was that after you started it? That was in July. I started in January. So six um, months later. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, that, that's, that's still from zero to 100,000 a month within six months is a pretty quick result for, for traffic. Um, I'm guessing then you're, you must have started thinking, I have to start turning around some income from this. Is, is that right? Oh, I wanted to, but I, I really couldn't figure out how. <laughs> okay. And, so what you know, did you try? I, I didn't go in the right way. I didn't know what I was doing. Like I said, if only, you know, Leslie had been around, I would have, you know, known, oh, okay, well, I need to sell something or I need, I need something that, you know, some affiliate marketing. I had tried some affiliate marketing, but I was so confused about how to even get the code in there mm-hmm. that I didn't it was not very successful. Um, but then in the fall, I, I did get somebody was selling a Christmas book like that you do with your kids, like an activity kind of thing for the countdown of Christmas. And she had a great video showing me exactly how to get the code off of her site and how to put it in. Tip for all you people who want affiliate marketing, <laughs> uh, people to get your stuff, right? So when I saw it, I thought, I can do that. I can do that. So I took her book and I, I put it on. I wrote some posts about it and I advertised it. And then I started, that was when I finally started making some income was off of her book um, there. And then at the same time that year, um, I created my first product which was an accident, you know, <laughs> that's how all of my products have been kind of, well, not anymore. Now it's planned, but initially it was an accident and I, I wanted to make these little prayer cards for my kids. And I thought I could maybe try to sell those and maybe someone will buy them. And I charged two ninety nine when I first put them out. As in $2.99. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> See, in my world, two ninety nine means $299, but I doubt that's what you're charging. So. <laughs> Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Two 
$2.99. And, um, but what I found was, you know, I, so I started that and then, and then I kind of in January or so. So I think that product came out in November. And then in January, I decided I can't make it. I just can't make it. This is not going to work. I need another plan. I don't know what to do. And so then I floundered around for a little while, like six months or so. And I, I didn't do anything else. I kind of, well, I did take this, um, job for a short period of time, but then they, they couldn't really afford to keep me. And so that didn't really work out. And all the while I'm keeping my blog going, but I'm just sort of floundering, you know, I'm, I'm guessing the two ninety nine product didn't make enough sales for you to think this is the, the pathway for you. Is that right? Well, here's the funny thing about it. <laughs> it did actually do really well. I just didn't realize it because it would come into my PayPal account as two ninety nine, and I would get some a day, a couple a day, whatever. They would come in, but when you get a two ninety nine, a, a sale that's less than $3, you think, woohoo, okay, well, uh, who am I going to feed on that? Right, <laughs> you right. know, I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's really that much money. And so it would come in, and every now and then I would have enough money in my PayPal account to pay a bill, and I would pull it out and just kind of, you know, pay, use it to pay something because I needed money all the time. And so that I just kind of, I didn't really pay attention to the, the financial part of it, and I didn't realize that it was actually making money. By the time I decided to look back on it, it was... I realized it was making $500 a month by itself without me doing anything. Wow. That post just kept getting cycled. And I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> how am I missing this? Like, yeah. I, what am I, you know, and so that kind of woke me up. And then I started getting really serious. And the day I decided, okay, this is a business and I need to make money as a business, everything changed. And then I started pursuing it as a business. I went to Digital Collab, which is actually where I met Leslie, and from that point, I've never made less than $10,000 a month. All right. So before we jump to that, I just want to sort of paint a picture. You did not have an email list on your blog at that point. Am I right? No, I had an RSS feed that people could subscribe to if they so chose to. And how often were you writing content for the blog? Well, it kind of depended <laughs> whether or not I was in that floundering stage or the okay. regular stage. <laughs> Um, I was trying to, to do between three and five posts a week. Okay. So it's basically three and five posts a week. You're Pinteresting a lot of pictures, which is helping to sustain that minimum 100,000 views a month of the blog. You've got a $2.99 prayer card product, which sells about $500 a month. In hindsight, they didn't really realize it at the time. So you're just not feeling that passion or not passion not feeling the dedication and seeing this as your business yet now if you had this big change as a result of collab what's collab just to clarify for people listening digital collab yeah. is a conference um <clears throat> every year put on it's just that's the name of the conference um so why did conference. why did you decide to go for um, I decided to go because I kind of got to that place where I decided either I was going to be real serious and decide this is a business and I'm going to treat it like that. I'm going to spend money on it and I'm going to put money into it or I'm going to quit. I'm going to do one or the other, but right. this whole like standing in between thing, wasn't going to work for me anymore. <laughs> right. And you met Leslie. Was he a speaker there or just hanging out? In, at the conference? Or? He was a speaker, and the conference is, is actually pretty awesome because they do a lot of really small group things. So they they had a lot of um, time to sign up for, like, one-on-one -on -one sessions, 
And I got in, it was suggested from someone else that I know that I had a one-on-one session with him because I had been thinking about the possibility of doing like something with a membership site and he was doing that. And so that's kind of how we got connected, which I've never done a membership site and probably won't at this point, Mm. (laughs) but I was tossing it around at the time. So that's how we got Yeah, interesting. So Leslie and I, um, he took my blog mastermind coaching program way back in one of the earlier groups. And then I think he also took a program I did called Become a Blogger with Gideon Shalwick. And he really stood out uh, probably for his enthusiasm more than anything else. He's very, uh, very positive. And I remember um, when Gideon and I decided we were going to move away from Become a Blogger, my immediate thought was, well, we can either close this down completely. And I thought, but you know what? Leslie, I think, would be a fantastic person to carry this brand forward. So so he did. And of course, by then, he was well and truly his own sort of superstar online and uh, with, with his podcast, which is great. And I love how... I love that. I mean, you two both have a strong connection, I think, with, mm-hmm. with the, 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 the God subject matter, the Christian Bible sort of connection there. So he must have... Did you see that as part of his presentation? Was that... Because, I mean, given your subject matter... There is some synergy between you two there. Was that part of the decision to work with Leslie? No, it really wasn't. Okay. Um, it, it really, I didn't even really pick that up until after I started listening regularly to his podcast. Uh-huh. And that's when I, you know, every now and then he throws in something, you know, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. You're like me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but generally, um, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily, um, dictate who I would work with anyway. You know, sometimes it does create a common bond, but then other times it's, it's just, it's really good to work outside your niche for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I do talk to other, um, Christian parenting bloggers, but, um, you know, just even that's not his niche. And so being no. connected with him has been wonderful because there was, there's been so much information that I could have never gotten because he thinks on a, on a different, thing you know yeah yeah i do find it interesting like i haven't deliberately tried to foster uh, a type of person but i get a lot of introverts following my work and taking my programs so i thought maybe there was a connection there but maybe not maybe sort of it happens but it's not obvious but anyway let's keep going forward so you meet leslie and you decide to take things seriously you've gone to a conference so you've seen the possibility of what other people are doing you get home from the conference what happened next i wrote another um product but this one was um it just blew everything out of the water and so it started selling and um i mean i just i didn't launch it at the time well i mean everything is launched but (laughs) it wasn't launched in a good way (laughs) let's clarify that because if you don't have an email list when you say you launch something you just write a blog post and you put a picture up on Pinterest and then hope people see it and buy from you. Is that kind of what the launch was like for those first two products? Um, no, I, somewhere in between that first product and the second product, I pulled everybody off of RSS Okay. and I started collecting an email list on hey. Mad Mimi. Mad Mimi. Mad Mimi. Um, she's really easy to use. She doesn't have a lot of functions, but she's really easy to use and a little bit cheaper than MailChimp. Um, And so that's where it kind of, um, I started kind of collecting these people here and I would email them every, whenever I felt like it. (laughs) Okay. How how big was that list? Um, 
let's see. I think I think when I moved to, when I got to Mad Mimi, I think it was around ten thousand because that was about the spot when um, that would have been ten thousand people who were following me RSS. So how does that work? You can take who follows you on your RSS feed and add them to your email list. Yeah, you can go into Feedblitz, right, and take their names and emails out of there, and um, which, by the way, is probably not right. <laughs> Well, you, you'd have you'd have to double opt in opt in them now. That's for sure. You'd have to sort of say, "Hey, do you do you want to be a member of this email list?" Right. And and most of the time, they probably you'd have maybe twenty five percent say yes. So you'd lose a lot of people. Um, I think. Hang on. I think actually they had the option when they signed up at FeedBlitz. Come now that I'm thinking of it, that they could opt RSS or they could opt to just get the post RSS mm. in their email. So maybe, and so technically they already were opted right. in to get email from me, but they weren't getting newsletters. They were just getting RSS. Your blog posts. Yeah. Okay. That's probably right. Cause I do remember when Feedblitz uh, made that option, subscribe through an RSS reader or enter your email and send the blog post, which still read the RSS feed, but just sent your latest blog post through email. So what you probably did was had an email list that you just didn't really use it as a newsletter or uh, a follow-up sequence or anything like that. Right. But then you did. <laughs> but yes. So then I moved to Mad Mimi and started doing that, you know, somewhere in that time. And then, so in then July, I did launch the product, but I didn't use my email list really to do anything big with it. Um, I launched the product. I probably sent them one email at some point during that week telling them, Hey, I've got this new thing out. Um, what <laughs> was the new not, thing? It was a Bible study, um, on for kids, helping your kids learn to obey. So like a little book or a report or what is it? It was, a, it was written for, it was like, like a workbook. Imagine a workbook okay. for like a student in class. And, um, so it was written for kids. It was actually written for six to 14 year olds. And then I had to go back and make another one because I got, had so much, um, requests for a younger version. Mm-hmm. So like two di- weeks later, I did a second version. Well, wow. is it digital or physical? Is a digital product. It's a digital mm-hmm. product. Okay. So maybe it's a good time for me to ask you, how exactly did you deliver all these products now that you've got um, two, well, three basically digital products, right? Was there some sort of membership system or some kind of password protection system you use? I use WP eStore. WP eStore. I've not heard of that one. So it's a plug-in? It is a plug-in. I want to say it's like $69 or something like that forever. Okay. Um, and they have an affiliate program that goes with it and it's like another $69 forever. So to get both of them, I thought, okay, well, this is a reasonable ordeal. I'll go in and, you know, use, put this in and like, it's just a plugin. So it's pretty simple. Um, I wouldn't say it's super simple. Um, I actually wouldn't recommend it though. <laughs> since we're okay. talking about it, I, I don't use it anymore, and um, well, I don't think their affiliate program tracks accurately. Um, so I really struggled with that. I had to get away from it because my affiliates were. I could tell that you know I could see the the traffic coming in from someone else's site, for example, mm-hmm. and it was significantly more, like way, way, way more than the sales or even the clicks that they were registering through. Um, you know, the, the affiliate. So I could, I could totally tell that there was no way it was right. Um, so, but you had affiliates, where were they coming from? They were just like people. The, the one thing about, um, like, uh, family parenting bloggers and homeschool bloggers are that we're really friendly. We like each other. 
We like to talk. And most of the people in the niche aren't really into, into making money. They just kind of do it for fun. Or maybe they just want to make a little bit of extra to help their husband here or there. So most of them are not, they're not, they're definitely not thinking about it as a business, which was one of my hurdles actually, because nobody else in my niche really was thinking the way that I was trying to think, Mm. you know? And so I kept thinking, well, they do this and they write, you know, they might write five times a week, but they have no intention of making money on any of it. Well, now if I write a post, there's going to have, there needs to be a reason to write it. Mm. You know, I'm just not just going to write five times a week just to blow smoke. Just for fun. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a good strategic decision, isn't it? I I remember I did the same thing. I was like, well, I'm, I'm having a great dialogue with my audience and I'm enjoying writing, but the money's not going up. So I need to get more strategic with this. Um, Okay. So I'm just trying to paint a picture then. You've, you've got three products uh you had a system which you moved away from uh, what uh, what did you move to what are you on now for for selling and delivering your products i now use woocommerce okay so woocommerce so you got a wordpress blog a woocommerce uh, e-commerce system for selling your products and i use idev um for affiliates, affiliates. idev affiliate pro i think is that one right and your affiliates just find you because they're part of your audience or they're connected with you because they're also parenting bloggers or, or mummy bloggers or something like that. Is that sort of fair to say? At that point, yes. Do you more, are you more deliberate now when you go after affiliates? Or? I am starting to run more promotions with my affiliates, um, getting them, like the most recent promotion that I ran, I um, offered them a bonus if they recruited another affiliate. So I'm trying to get more, just get out there more. And so um, I'm still using word of mouth, but I'm realizing that I, you know, I don't have a big enough mouth to talk to everybody, (laughs) despite what some people may think. (laughs) And so, you know, being able to leverage the people I do have to help me get out there. Um, And then I also paid for a sponsorship to a homeschool um, blogging conference for another person to help me get the word out, you know, just to kind of be the talker a little bit more than just me, you know? Um, So I'm doing being a little bit more intentional now, but I also have 30 products now and, you know, things have really changed for me compared to where they were back then. So, okay. Well, before we dive into how you go from three to 30 products, let me just clarify. How do you go from 500 a month selling a $2.99 product to $10,000 a month after you decide to go professional with your blogging? What, what changed there? Um, well, the very first month that I made that much, I sold, I had, I had two blogs going. I had, Somebody had given me, because I was a single mom and they were hoping to just help me out, they had given me a homeschooling blog. Um, and the homeschooling blog could have been wonderful. It, it had some good potential. I had a good idea for how to run the thing, but I couldn't run both of my blogs and do everything else I was doing. And so I had to make a choice. And so right after Digital Collab, I sold that blog um, to somebody else. So that was part of the reason why I sold, I made so much that that month of July. And then the second thing was that product that I mentioned that I came out with came out like in the middle of July. Mm -hmm. So those were the two things that um, kind of propelled it from there. And then it just, that product just blew up. And and actually that's part of how I found so many affiliates because um, people were sharing it because they thought it was so great and they wanted 
it and they, they knew that other people would want it. And so they wanted to sign up to be an affiliate so that they could make money off of mm-hmm. it too. How much was it back then that, that the workbooks? <laughs> $4.99. So you must have to sell a lot of $4.99 books to make 10000 a month. You, you would, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, there, there's a lot of demand for these lower price sort of workbooks and, and guides in this parenting, uh, Christian parenting market, I'm guessing. There is, but what I have found is when you sell it for that low, half of the time they don't even open it. Like they'll buy it and then they never even read the thing. Yeah, that's and depressing. that's actually not the kind of customer you want. No. Because that's that they're not going to come back because they, oh, yeah, I bought that from her once and I can't remember what I did with yeah, it. Right. <laughs> it's somewhere lost in my computer, which, bear in mind, remember, I am my own customer. I'm like my target audience. And so I, I check my email before I started this once a week. So this is the kind of person that I'm dealing with. Typically, you know, maybe they're checking their email more often. Maybe they are on Facebook and stuff like that. But they're not super tech savvy. They don't have systems for where they keep their digital products and stuff like that that you and I might have mm. now. You know, they're, they're just not there. And, I mean, my biggest nemesis is trying to help these people download their products. I have right. so many help videos for this. You know, things that I'm sure, you know, hurdles that Leslie even, he's like, they're having trouble with what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Right-click, right save as. That, with that, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's where, where, where my people are. Yeah, you know? fair enough. Do that. Okay, so <laughs> did you change the price eventually, or did you stick with that $4.99? Nope, that product today is $15. Okay, so what happened when you raised the price? Did you end up selling more? Sell more, yep, yeah. absolutely. And they're probably a better customer, and a customer actually used the product, I'm guessing. Yes, they do. Because <laughs> when you spend that much money on, you know, a curriculum, it's, it basically covers about a month of Bible study with your kids. So, you know, it's not going to cover the whole year. But so if you're going to spend $15, you need to make sure you want that. You know? I can see your background as a teacher really would have helped with creating these workbooks as well. Because you did create the workbooks yourself, right? Yes, how did you do that? Do you just open up Microsoft Word and start typing and pasting in pictures and so on? Um, I used PowerPoint. PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first one with a combination of Canva and like basically I had skills in Canva. I had skills in PicMonkey and I had some skills in PowerPoint. So I sort of like combined them all. It was sort of some kind of crazy Jerry Rig redneck kind of thing that I was doing <laughs> <laughs> because I really didn't know what I was doing as far as creating things, you know, uh, I struggled. (laughs) But you were able to produce a PDF, I guess, out of that. And yes, right. Okay. That's interesting. I would have been kind of fun to see you combine Canva, (laughs) which is a a free graphic editing tool or not always free pick monkey, another graphic editing tool and PowerPoint, which you don't really think of as a workbook creator, but I could see how you could turn a slide into a page and you could have places where people draw pictures or write answers to or so on. So I could, I could see it coming together. And then you actually, pr- we still use PowerPoint. Wow. Um, it is actually probably the best thing for what we do because we have so much, you know, draw here, draw a picture here. And you know, that kind of thing, we're just bringing in all of that. And everybody that I now have an editor and a graphic design person that works with me. Um, and so between the three of us, when we go through all of that, it's so much easier to exchange files because we all know we have PowerPoint on our computer. Right. And so we've kind of, that's, we're still using that. 
Well, you just answered part of the next question I had for you. To get to 30 products, I'm assuming you brought on people. So you just answered part of it. When did you start to hire and who did you hire first? In July. <laughs> yeah. So straight after this first big yep. month. I did everything. I dove in. That was I, I made the, the decision. It was really what it took for me to say, I am going to spend money on my business. I'm going to spend every single penny I have until I make money. <laughs> and so when I made that decision, I kind of went head first. <laughs> and so I knew that part of my problem was there was, I had a big list of things to do and not nearly enough time to get them done. And Chris Ducker was off Decker, Ducker, Ducker, Ducker. Yep, yes, it's yep. Ducker. <laughs> like, <laughs> second guess his name all of a sudden. Um, he was also a speaker at the conference that I was at. And so, uh, and he gave us his book signed it and everything. It's awesome. <laughs> it sounds like Chris. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. And so I had this book, I read the whole thing on the plane on the way home and I was ready to hire my first person. Just, just to clarify for those who don't know, Chris Ducker has a, how to hire freelancers book, right? Yeah. So that's the one you read, the, how to freelance, how to something hire freelancers. called something. I don't think that's the exact title. No, it's not. Um, we should probably give Chris a proper shout out, shouldn't we? I know it's terrible. I can't, it's, it's totally escaping me. Let me, let me do that. Chris gives, gives yeah. me so many shout outs. I have to virtual freedom. Uh, let's, let's give me, give you this up. virtual freedom, how to work with virtual staff to buy more time, become more productive and build your dream business by Chris Ducker. There you go, Chris. Shout That's out. That's so you read his book. book, read his book. It really empowered me to be able to figure out what I needed to do to hire somebody else. It was still the scariest thing I've ever done. But because um, I have no management skills, I have no hiring skills, I thought, what if I hire this total loser? And one of my friends was finally like, you fire them. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And so I hired a girl. I, I did hire somebody from the Philippines, um, which is one of his suggestions in the book, um, which actually has turned out to be a tremendous blessing because I, she works full time for me. Um, I can afford to pay her, which was hard at the beginning for me. It was really hard. Um, but I started paying her $3.30 an hour. Was, and, and that money was feeding her and her newborn baby and her mom and her sister, all wow. living in the family together. And when she told me that, I thought, wow, what a blessing. <laughs> I'm, I'm like supporting all these people. And yeah. how does that support all these people? Because yeah. it's like so measly. But um, I now, she makes significantly more. I pay her a little over $5 an hour now. Um, Which is still because very she's been She's still working for me. It's still very affordable, absolutely. And I don't want to lose her because it's, she's been such an asset to me. And, you know, it's helping her and it helps me. Mm. What does she do for you? Um, now she actually does. This is going to blow your mind. She does all of my design work. Oh, really? I'm, guess, <laughs> I'm guessing you didn't hire her as a designer, though. I didn't. I hired her... Just, just as a general VA, and um, I started training her. She had no skills at all, nothing. Um, but Leslie, wise man that he is, said, "Go with the person with no skills. You can train her to do whatever you need her to do, and then she's your. You know, she knows what to do. And other, if you don't, then they're going to be wanting to do it their way, or they're going to have a different way, and it may not mesh with what you want to do." And so I said, okay, well, let's do it. <laughs> and I liked something about her. I just liked her. And, you know, um, I, I've hired her off of Odesk, mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, is not what Chris um, suggests in his book because he has a company you can hire through. But it's kind of a committed company, and I was scared. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't want any commitment. 
<laughs> and so, <laughs> um, so anyway, I hired her off of Odesk and, um, she, Odesk even said, don't hire her. She has no reputation, right. no skills, but I did it anyway. Okay. And it's been over a year now and she's fantastic. She just, I just trained her step by step by step. And one day I was behind in making images because I was making all of my own images at the time. And I said, well, maybe I can train her to do this because if I could learn, surely she can learn. <laughs> and so I started kind of training her a little bit. And the first images she made, I thought, oh, this is bad. <laughs> you know, but it, she got better and she got better very quickly and she got better so fast that I started giving her my big projects too. And now she pretty much, she doesn't have time to do much of anything else besides all the graphic work for, you know, the pinnables for the posts and any of the promotionals for the posts that we do. And then all of the products that we produce. So she stays really busy with that. Who came next? Who was your next hire? My next hire was an editor. Um, so like a proofreader, which, editor? Yes. Again, was a very wise move because then once I started, I could write a post and not have to labor over it in, in fear that I would sound like a blubbering idiot. Um, she could do that for me. And so um, that's very helpful. And she does my posts. Now she does all of the products that we do. She does... Um, all of the, even our images and stuff, she proofreads everything. And um, I have her on a retainer, pay her monthly as well. So she is awesome. Is there anyone else in your team now? Um, yes, actually, I just hired a, a content manager. And her job is primarily to curate content to help me find, um, do a lot of the research for the things that I do. Um, presently she's really new and she's been working with us for about a month now. So, um, she's been doing a lot of, I just started using meet Edgar to, um, file in my social media because I have all these people on my team and none of them do social media, which mm -hmm. is what most VAs do. Mm -hmm. Um, but Facebook has never been really profitable for me, even from the very beginning, even when it went bad. I mean, it's just never been the thing. So I've never put a lot of time and energy into worrying about the fact that it wasn't bringing anybody to my site. Um, I'm assuming Pinterest was always your biggest source Pinterest of traffic. Pinterest was a huge source of traffic. Um, but now they have the smart feed too. And so everybody has taken a hit. Even the people who were doing really well with that are taking a hit on Pinterest too. So, so where does your um, audience come from today? A lot of it comes from email. My email list is over 50,000 now. And so I rely on word of mouth so much more now than I ever did before, which is interesting. I still get Facebook traffic. My Facebook traffic is up finally. Um, it was like the first time ever. And it's really from Meet Edgar. I have to give them the credit for it because the, it's the constant. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, you put in posts. You put in your regular content and, um, it, and it cycles through that content. Mm -hmm. So once it's all loaded up, then you don't really have to go back and do anything. You can add new posts every now and then. Mm -hmm. How big and, was your Facebook following to begin with? Um, <laughs> not very big. I've only got like 13,000 at this uh, point. That's still pretty good. That's just, yeah. It's, uh, and I want to say it was probably, I don't know. It's, it's a very slow growth for me with Facebook couple hundred here and there. <laughs> um, it's just slow. 
Okay, let me, let me just recap. We're just getting close to uh, an hour mark, 45 minutes here, so I just want to make sure we don't miss anything. <laughs> There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of things I'd like to ask you, but I'm going to have to hold back a little bit. I, I am curious, how do you get from three products to 30 products, uh, especially because it hasn't been that many years, I think, since you released your first one. So did you, did you get quicker? Did these people you hired help you really ramp things up? Um, they do, because all I write is the words. So... I get in my head what I want to say, and sometimes I do that dictating while I'm driving down the road right. or whatever it is, because just whenever the idea comes. Um, I need a dictation machine in my shower because that's kind of when they hit the most, but I just take really quick showers so I can get out and write it down. Um, so generally, um, <clears throat> I write word and I pass it on, and then it kind of goes through the system. Um, and now, like I said, I have a content person who's kind of helping me pull some of the research for some of the things that I do for some of the studies that we create and stuff, um, which is going to make it even faster. But that's basically how you know we right. we work together. And, and what are the pricing points for all these products now? The lowest product I have is those prayer cards. They're still the lowest, and they're nine ninety nine. All the way up to twenty seven dollars. So you're still under thirty dollars for all your products. There's no, there's no real back end, so to speak. Nope. So it's all high volume sales of of workbooks and and similar mm -hmm. type products. It is right. And how does that happen now? Do you have? Because uh, I'm trying to think with 30 products all around the same pricing point, it's kind of difficult to structure that. You sort of have to, I guess, write an article and then there's a, a product that relates to it. So you could talk about it, uh, use your email list whenever you have a new product, or maybe when you send out some newsletter content, you say, here's a related product to this newsletter content. Is that kind of how it works or are you more strategic now? Well, I'm getting super strategic. <laughs> um, I've literally I spent all morning messing around in Infusionsoft because I'm moving. I've, I've got some sales funnels going, but I want to do way more than what I had. So I'm moving over to Infusionsoft so I can do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, want, I just, just need to be able to, when they opt in, because I have tons of lead magnets, when they opt in for a lead magnet, I need to send them to the right place, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's kind of a monster because there's different kinds of products because some products are homeschool related and some are Bible study related. And so I kind of want to send them down the right path. Okay. Um, a lot of it is from interlinking. I write a post. If When I write a post, I try to find some way to slip somewhere in there one of my products at this point i've got 30 it's not too hard mm -hmm. <laughs> somehow it's in there even if it's an unnatural fit if i might say this related you know um but usually it's pretty natural yep. you know it just kind of fits right in there you, so. you must have sold like over a hundred thousand copies of your products by now i'm thinking with so many you know ten thousand plus months. Does that sound about right or am I overestimating? If only I knew because I was with WPE store <laughs> right. and their reporting is stinky. Okay. And so I really don't know. I, we tried to go back and like, you know, get some of those stats and we were unable to do that. Yeah, so okay. unfortunately, but also I don't make everything that I make doesn't always come from, um, products. I do make money, um, doing e-blasts. Um, so, so some of my income is that's. Included. You mean like a sponsored newsletter? Is that what you mean? Yes. Right. So mm -hmm. people pay you. Do, do do you have a pricing? I'm guessing somewhere how much you charge for that sort of thing. 
Yes, I have a person who sells them for me. Okay, it's like a um, an agent, a broker. Mm-hmm. Yep, and okay. so she, you know, she works for commission. And I mean, right now, my, a typical e blast is two thousand dollars. Right, and I'm, just, and I'm because, assuming that's for something related, like a product related to your your market. It has to be very. We're very picky. <laughs> um, it has to be homeschool related. Um, it has to be within certain parameters, as far as what I believe, because there are certain things I won't support. Um, so I'm a little picky, but it's not hard to find. There's a. It's really popular in the homeschool niche to. Um, send out these blasts to everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a combination of your own products, a little bit of advertising, a little bit of sponsored newsletter blasts as well. Yeah, right. I'm, I only do two a month. I'm very, you know, limited. And, and I'm actually going to move away from that at some point. I'm mm-hmm. just going to kind of... I really like depending on my own stuff. Um, that way I don't have to worry about whether or not a company is interested in buying. I don't have to worry about, you know, whether or not you know, something Google is going to have a mood swing. As Mm. I told Leslie, you know, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Um, I can rely on my own products because I, you know, I can have a sale if I really am desperate for money or whatever, because I have my own. Yeah. An email list and your own product. That's perfect. This is what I pretty much focus on the blog, the email list, your own products. You, You own everything there, which is amazing, which actually I'm kind of curious how many people join your list each day from, all this organic Pinterest and Facebook and, and blog traffic you get. Hundreds. <laughs> Hundreds, nice. Okay. So And it's funny because I tell people that they're like, what? <laughs> the guy at Infusionsoft, he's like, well, we're just gonna set this up and let it float. It'll be okay. It'll catch people. And I'm like, no, no, that's not okay. I'm like, I get hundreds, hundreds of email subscribers a day. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just sort of how it works. You gotta, you've got to be, yeah, exactly. You gotta be strategic on this. And like you said, <laughs> you've got all these lead magnets. So if you go to if you go to notconsume.com, again, that's uh um Kim's blog, and you can just Pick a tab and you'll see a different potential free opt-in. But I'd like to just turn our attention to one last question area in the sort of five, ten minutes we've got here. This is a great question, I think, because normally I'd ask people or ask the person I'm interviewing, if you were starting again, what you would do today. And I want to ask you that, but I actually want to ask you that with a twist. Because you're a single mom who's had four kids that's a unique, uniquely challenging situation to decide to start a business in. So let me ask you, if there is another parent listening to this who has kids who's really busy and wants to follow in your footsteps, what's the, how do you make that work given that situation? Well, I think what I would do to begin with to answer your question most directly would be to believe that I could do it. And I think that's one of the things that initially – I, that was the reason why it took so long. I would have been successful so much faster if I had decided, you know what, this is what I'm supposed to do and I can do this. I have the ability, there's enough stuff on the internet for me to learn and make money online. It can be done. And instead of kind of waffling and thinking, well, maybe it can't be done and maybe maybe I maybe I don't know what I'm doing and you know, if I had believed that then I could have targeted out exactly what I needed to do and done it. And so that's what I would do differently. And that's kind of a feel-good answer. But. Mm. That's the sort of mindset issue, and I agree. That's step one, Make, you know, belief, go pro, be serious. It's a business. How would you advise them from a purely marketing setup standpoint? Would you recommend start a blog? Would you recommend start an email list 
Would you recommend Pinterest? Like, where do you think they should go today? Well, uh, that's the other mistake that I made was I didn't really know who I was talking to or what I was going to do or what I was going to write about or any of those things. So I would recommend being really focused on that, knowing, okay, this is what I want to do. This is who I want to talk to. And then from there, here's how I'm going to get them. But I would definitely say, I agree with you fully. You know, the email list is where the money is. You know, you can't control Pinterest. You cannot control Facebook. You can't control any of those things. So build your email list, write a great blog, but don't try to please everybody. Write for what you're going to write about and believe that people are going to come read it. Okay. And so it's actually, I'm totally agreeing with your advice here. Pick a target mark. First, sort out your mind, then pick who you're helping, then build the machine to help them that's focused on a list where you own it. So I agree. Now, I'm just, I'm curious too with, um, uh, you know, given the sort of success you've had in your marketplace, do you think there's room for more people to sort of go into the homeschooling or parenting or, uh, you know, Bible studies type markets? Because I'm sure there's some people who will listen to this who have a, a shared passion for the subject that you care about. Is there, you know, room for more people or is that a completely saturated market now? Well, in my opinion, nothing can ever be too saturated because you, you're always you. You always bring who you are to the table and that changes things, you know, like Leslie, for example, I mean, he went into the blogging. I mean, talking about blogging, if there's anything that's saturated, that's, that, that might be one, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who talk about blogging, but he is an, an incredibly good at what he does because he is a very, very good teacher. And he brings to the table this skill of being able to teach people things that not everybody can, maybe they know what to do and they can guide you, but they don't know how to teach you how to do it. You know what I mean? And so I would say with any niche, to be honest, but definitely in homeschooling, parenting, you know, there's plenty of room. There's always plenty of room for, you know, a unique perspective, just even if it's the slightest twinge, you know, of a perspective on your topic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's next for you? Are you just building up this business, more products, reaching more people? Is that the plan? Yeah, I have many more um, small products that are on the plan for this year. Um, I think next year we are looking at doing a course um, for students. We're going to do a course for students um, next year. Um, so I'm pretty excited about getting that started. But we're pretty happy with where, where we're at and what we're doing. So and I kind of keep doing the same thing. Uh, let me have to ask this too. What does a day in the life for you now look like? Do you sort of hang out with your kids most of the day and work at night or how does it look? Um, it's very, very structured. Um, I usually start my day around six and have work time and then my kids are late sleepers and we homeschool. So that's wonderful. Um, <laughs> and so they usually are up around nine. So we do kid time and homeschool time and stuff between nine and like one ish. And then um, I will work again until dinner time and then we have family time and then once they're in bed I do work sometimes I always work at night because I'm a bit of a workaholic but um so I work between you know eight and midnight or two sometimes <laughs> but a lot of times that work is um much less um 
you know, mind challenging. I, I don't tend to do quite as well that time of day. I know some people are like totally on that time of day and I'm totally on at six in the morning. Right. I, a little bit better writing, especially needs to happen that time of day. Uh, yeah, I agree. I can't do my writing at midnight either, but you can, you can do other maintenance type tasks. I can do email. Things. I answer yeah. a lot of customer service emails. I'm very personal with my email. So I answer those right. a lot at night. All right. So if you want to check out Kim's world, not consumed.com or Kim Sorgis is to look up Kim and you'll find her blog and you can see everything we've been talking about. Uh, Kim, anything else you want to throw in before I wrap it up? I don't think so. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. That was great. So, so, so good to hear your story. Congratulations on your success. I'm, uh, I'm glad there are people out there like you who can prove to people that you can do this as, as a single parent with so many kids and not necessarily even sure what you're doing and make it work eventually and just get better over time, which you've clearly done. Plus, you're doing it by selling a heck of a lot of your own training and in, in very low pricing, which I find quite amazing. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. Um, that's it, everyone. Thank you for listening in to the EJ podcast. If you want to get the show notes and the transcript for this interview with Kim, just go to my blog, entrepreneurs-journey.com or Google my name, Yarrow, Y-A-R-O, and you'll find it under the podcast tab. Thanks again, Kim. Thank you, everyone else, for listening in, and I'll catch you very, very soon. Well, there you have it. That's the end of the Kim interview. I hope you're feeling inspired to get out there with your blog and to sell information products and build this amazing online business as well. If you'd like to hear more motivational stories like this, make sure you subscribe to my EJ podcast newsletter so you get these interviews as soon as I release them sent direct to your email inbox. To make sure that happens, go to interviewsclub.com that will redirect to my blog where you can subscribe by entering your email address and then you'll get my latest podcasts as well as an ongoing stream of the very best podcasts from my archives sent direct to your inbox and that's completely free interviewsclub.com is the address to use thanks again for listening to this edition of the ej podcast and i'll talk to you very very soon bye bye